Seven Beast Mode Memories. Like the way Kikoski plays. Cyrus Chestnut Bistro lays. Those were the days. (laughs) Yuck. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Hey, Peter, what yes. the hell was that? Well, I don't I don't know. That was very impromptu. I like that. I, I did not think that you were up on All in the Family. I thought that predated you a little bit. Don't, sleep, uh, don't sleep on Nick at Night, my friend. Oh, that's right. You caught it in reruns. I caught it, you know, au natural, as we say. Norman Lear, right? Norman Lear, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Meathead. Um, Archie, Rob Reiner, Edith, yeah, the whole the yeah. whole gang. You know where they were. You know where they lived. Brooklyn, right? No, Qu- Queens or Staten Island. I think it's Queens. I think it's Queens. Yeah, yeah. maybe Staten. Island. That's why I said Brooklyn. I yeah, think it's Queens. Yeah, same thing. Um, cool. So today we are brought to you as always by Open Studio. Go to OpenStudioJazz.com and do what? Well, I was gonna. I was hoping you would say go to OpenStudioJazz.com for all your. Oh, for all your jazz needs. Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we got some some fun stuff over there. I'm I'm just so proud of the community of great players. We're having some folks. If you check out on the Instagram this month, we got our little challenge going on um, in January. This is if you go to the Open Studio Hey Open Studio hmm. Instagram channel. Is that correct? That's correct. That's right. The Open Studio official Instagram channel. You just concluded your February drop two challenge. My locked hand drop two challenge. So it's so funny. Yesterday, uh, we had my parents over yeah. for, uh, it was my daughter's 10th birthday. Mm. And so, you know, we had our birthday dinner. And my mother, who I never really hear from my mom, and I'm going to say hi to her now because I realize she <laughs> apparently watches and listens to everything. Yeah. But she was like, we have been loving your lock hands <laughs> challenge. My dad you love goes, mothers? <laughs> my dad goes, yeah, we have no idea what it means. <laughs> But they listen to it. Like so they listen they, to they, it. Yeah. They check it out every yeah. day. Only a parent. That's that's a parent. And I'm, I'm sure, to... like all their friends are like, "Well, you should hear Adam's drop two challenge." <laughs> and their friends are like, "What?" <laughs> but if you know what that is, you know, go check it out. Yeah, check it out. And that was a lot of fun. You had some great um, folks following you there, and you didn't miss a day, man. Very <clears> proud of you. I mean, I barely got some of those days in. Like I was on gigs at 11:45 p.m. Yeah. Like, gotta get this in. Did you have one where you had like a whiskey in one hand and you're like, it's almost midnight? I had several, <laughs> several like that. The last uh, one was actually at about 11:30 p.m. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you snuck it in there. So that was cool. January, I did the um, 12 key challenge. So for March, we're doing a weekly challenge. So we just put up the other one, the, the first the first one a couple days ago. It's just like a little phrase. And we're inviting folks to send in or really just to post on OS Spotlight, hashtag OS Spotlight, uh, their versions of the little challenge. And um, I did a nice little bebop line. And I'm, it's interesting because I think it's challenging, but I really went in depth to sort of describe it. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what folks have to say about that. We're going to we're going to try to get an op- different open studio artist every week. Yeah, we're going to have little, little, some heavy hitters. Yeah, for sure. Some, for sure. So I might do a couple. You're going to do next week's. Am I doing next week's? Yeah. Oh, I got to think about it. All right, cool. And this is like we're recording, like we're pre-recording now because we got a lot of stuff going on. So who knows when this will come out. That's right. So what do we mean by this? Seven beast mode memories. That's what we're talking about today. Well, are we talking about beast mode? Uh, like the who's the running back for the Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> like that kind of beast mode? Like, like, like you, they're interviews. running over everybody? Yeah, but won't do an interview. Well, no, what I was thinking with this, and, and I'm probably misusing the term because I know there's like 
five times Michael Breaker went beast mode. You know, <laughs> you've seen the YouTube video. <laughs> Benny's bootlegs, our good friend. Uh, our good know. friend. Shout out to Benny. <laughs> but um, it's just Bernie Sanders, right? Right. Ber- Ber- Bernie's <laughs> Bernie's beast mode. No, but so I'm probably changing this up a little bit. But what I thought would be fun just to talk about memories that we each had. Yeah. Um, when those those transcendental live music moments, not ones that we were involved in necessarily, <laughs> that happens every night, of course, but no <laughs> stuff that we were in attendance at, where it's like you'll always remember it for just the high level of either somebody or everybody, and these are mostly based around individuals, but usually there was a high level of playing going on in the bandstand, and it, I think it's something that just really highlights one of the big joys and attributes of jazz music that people really connect with musicians and listeners in much the same way when it's just like whoa you know yep. and it's not always like beast mode so fast and crazy but i mean it can be just an incredibly emotional thing but these are all things that we experiences we were all personally at right yeah okay. you know it's fun too when when these happen to you personally like when you're playing and you feel yourself so connected to the room and the music and the band yeah but it's almost more fun to be in an audience for this because, i think so you know what i mean Ooh, because there's no there's like you just get to be a part of it, and get swept up in it. You don't yeah. know what's coming next. Whereas, if you're if you're if you're the beast going beast mode, it's like I mean that is really cool. But there's something about just being taken somewhere you're not expecting that's really fun. Absolutely, someone yeah. else is doing the work. You that's go right. on for the ride. That's right. All right, we're gonna start with number one. And this, I, I mean, if you were just to ask me at any time, what was the greatest you know musical event you were ever at? I, a lot of things would come to mind. But if I had to probably focus it into one, just most exhilarating moment. And that would be Bobby Hutcherson with his quartet at the Vanguard. And I think it was actually, I have 1995, but it was actually, I'm going to correct that, it's 1996. Um, and this was such a fun thing because he was playing all week, and I was playing with Joshua Redman quartet over at the uh, Blue Note, which is just a couple blocks away in New York City, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I went over, I mean, all of us went over there, you know, Joshua, Brian, Brian Blade, uh, Chris Thomas, and Nick Nicholas Payton was playing somewhere in town. Oh, I remember wow. he was there. There's a bunch of musicians there. But I, whatever day, maybe Wednesday or something, Thursday, that I went over in between our sets or after our sets mm. uh, to see Bobby Hutcherson, he, it was such an amazing experience. He was playing at such a high level. He had a marimba and the vibes both set up on that little Vanguard stage cool. and was playing across both of them cool. like in, in a line. Oh, my gosh. And it was just one of those things people were just like yelling at. like We are like high-fiving each other like somebody won the Super Bowl. But so we started going over every set, every time in between our sets, because they were kind of staggered, we could go over in here for like 20 minutes. And, and for like five days straight, we went over, popped our heads in. And it was, it, stayed, it was almost like Bobby Hutcherson was just stayed there the whole week and just was playing incredibly. Amazing. The level never went down. Amazing. Five nights in a row. I mean, it was, I still can remember what it felt like, you know. That's so awesome. Yeah. It was good, by the way. Uh, my the one the first one that came to mind actually just happened a couple of years ago. It was either 2017 or 2018. It was here at Jazz St. Louis at the Jazz Bistro, and this was. Do you remember this show? It was Christian McBride and Hutch, and it was Cyrus Chestnut on piano. Yeah, and I think it was Ron Blake, maybe, maybe so. Yeah, I actually wasn't in town for this. I, I remember it happening, town, but, but it was like some it. kind of all star band. Yeah. that the Bistro just put together and like, but all friends, you know. Yeah, like or as my mother calls it, the Bistro. The bistro. Yeah. <laughs> She's very European, I guess. Um, but, you know, they're all, these are all bad mofos, right? Just yeah. all, the whole weekend was killing everybody, you know, every musician in town was going every night of the week, every set they could make because yeah. it was such a great vibe. But there was this one solo where Cyrus pulled out his, you know, his like block chord octaves. Oh, there you go. Churchy. And it there just got go. 
the whole place was like like a tea kettle about to just erupt. I mean, it was just the, it was one of those moments where just that, like what you're talking about, where people are shouting oh, I and love the it. energy is just yeah. so high, and it's just like only something that jazz can do that this I music so. does. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's not guaranteed every night. I mean, no. Not only is it not guaranteed, it's like you can be at that kind of ten, nine level all the time. But this is, I think we're talking eleven here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're going eleven, beast mm-hmm. mode. Awesome. Okay, um, number three. So this was, we were talking just the other day about the great Clark Terry, uh, master trumpeter from right here in St. Louis, and that reminded me of the first time I heard him play. It was, it was one of my early um, sort of jazz gigs. Uh, actually, I'm, put, I'm changing the date again. I'm not exactly sure, but I think it was 1984. Could have been 83. But anyway, um, Clark Terry at the Majestic Hotel downtown, which is now called something else. They used to have a club on like the... I don't know, third or fourth floor or something. It was kind of a funny thing. You went up and cool little room. And my dad took me to the show and Clark Terry, I remember I was sitting like two tables away and from the stage and Clark Terry was just killing it. I mean, like I never heard him. I didn't know much about jazz at that time, but I was starting to kind of get into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. My dad's like, let's go on the show. That was a great room too. That was a cool room. To see any music. That was a cool room. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was just like, I remember just the precision with which he played and the swing and the sound. And then he did the singing and the whole thing. And um, yeah, I mean, Clark Terry, was he kind of stayed there. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my, another memory that came to mind right away when you were talking about Beast Modes was the first time I saw uh, Branford's group uh, with Tane. And uh, I forget who was playing bass at this time in the late 90s. Hmm. Branford is probably... It might have been Eric Rebus already. It could have been actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but on piano, of course, was uh, Joey Calderazzo. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd seen him live. And I f- fancied myself to be a pretty decent pianist at that time. And I was uh, surely kicked in the ass <laughs> by Joey Calderazzo. Did you think about quitting? No, but I was like, oh, I got to go wherever that guy is. So yeah. that's when I like decided to move to New York. It was 1997, maybe. Wow. And I was like, I just got to, I just got to be around people that are doing that. Yeah. And it was because of how much he just was crushing. It's a, it was a, it was a nice piano over there at SIUE uh, in the late 90s, actually. That Steinway that was on stage. Uh huh. And it might be the same one. Anyway, but he was just. I mean, it was like. I mean, you know, it's Joey Calderazzo. Like, yeah. He yeah. has such energy and plays with. Like the like, he's gonna destroy whatever keyboard he's facing at all times. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, he was kind of. I mean, he stays at kind of at that level. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Plus, he's kind of like if there's some musicians around, he'll be. He's ready to turn up to eleven. Well, yeah, Reggie Thomas was it. around, right? Yeah, and so yeah. I think he was like ready to be like. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so that's four. Here's number five. Okay, this is a um, little combo pack for you. This is another early memory for me. So this was like 19. 19- 83 i believe yeah no this was actually this was 84 i think i was 13 and um cool jazz festival at the fox theater just a couple blocks from here not not but a block from here um cool cool like the cigarette cool like the cigarette come on now that's how we did it the green menthol menthol what you know about that cigarettes yeah this is pre-lung cancer or <laughs> well it probably wasn't but uh but yeah so the the, the concert was it opened up with joe pass solo guitar Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Oscar Peterson trio with Ray Brown um, and Ed Thigpen. And then Joe Pass played with the Oscar Peterson trio. 
and then you had the Count Basie Orchestra, and then you had Ella Fitzgerald with the Oscar Peterson Trio, and then Ella Fitzgerald with the Count Basie Orchestra. Come on, man. that was the lineup, Come and on. it was just like the whole. That this is one of those. It wasn't even like an individual moment. It just the whole thing was beast mode. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, uh, next I have just one word: Kakowski. Who? Kakowski. Is that two? Is that sounds like three words? That's man. one word. Kakowski. First okay. name Dave. Okay. Last name Kakowski. That's every show. <laughs> if if Calderazzo is always at eleven, yeah, Kakowski's at about a million. <laughs> uh, every show I've ever seen this guy, uh, mostly in in grungy New York <laughs> right. jazz clubs, alleyways. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> or streaming online is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he is like. He's just a a atomic fireball. Yeah, he'll go he'll energy. go he'll go beast mode, literally if a hat drops. Like and sometimes he throws his own hat down. It goes beast mode. <laughs> he, That's just, how he, goes. he just shoves it. That's how he. It's rolls. awesome, man. It's, if you haven't checked out Kukowski, like just go just YouTube him right now. Yeah, Dave Kukowski. Yeah. Um, okay, so for our number seven of our seven beast mode memories, I'm pulling out a recent memory because a lot of these are a little bit in, a little bit in the past. You know, mm-hmm. um, live in the present, man. Be in the now. Be in the now. So this is 2019. Is that close enough for you? Yep. Okay, so this was Newport Jazz Festival, uh, 2019. Just you know, six months ago, seven months ago, as it were. Herbie Hancock Trio. Herbie was like the featured artist in residence this year. Nice. Uh, so he played in several different situations. I unfortunately only got to hear the first tune of one of, of his trio set because we were playing on the other stage like 15 minutes after he started. Um, and I saw him walk up. We were standing back, but everybody was backstage and everyone was in the audience and it was just packed and the energies there. And he came out and it was with Christian McBride and... Um, Man, who's on drums? Somebody awesome that I can't even remember right now. But Herbie kind of came over and just like walked up and was like, um, you know, like, all right, what about footprint? Like he literally said to like the guys, how about footprints as they walked up? And there's like cameras there and people are cheering. And they walked up and he sat down at the piano, he like smiled and then just like went into this beast mode intro on footprints that i know he's never played before it was vinnie caliud on drums vinnie caliud of course oh yeah how could i forget him he's such an amateur you know he was like sitting oh yeah vinnie was killing it beast mode himself I, right he was beast mode himself although because i only heard like the first i didn't even hear the whole tune of footprints i had to go to the other stage to play but just the uh, intro that he played yeah and it was like the most creative thing it had nothing to do with footprints until it did and then he cued in the baseline i mean it was just it was something that you know if you've seen herbie a lot he's probably done it thousands of times so in a way it wasn't like the most unique thing but it was like it just shows how memorable how he can pull something out at any time unplanned and just bam now question yes. when they he got did. into the tune yeah did he did he f up footprints or did he play it the right way he it turns out he had been watching my video which was out <laughs> sure, around the yeah. whole time link below to stop effing up uh my my famous stop effing up footprints uh two minute jazz where i explain the correct changes and um no herbie was I mean, yeah, he effed up the whole thing in, in the greatest beast mode of ways, of course. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's our list of uh, seven beast mode memories. Yeah. Maybe we can invite the listeners if you'd like to share a beast mode memory that you might have. Yeah. Go to youllhear.com and leave us a speak pipe. Tell that's us right. your, your you'll hear it story, too. If, if anything you've heard on this podcast has made you go beast mode, good or bad. Yeah. Or anytime <laughs> you thought we've gone beast mode. Yeah. Yeah. We are. We do want to collect our, our you'll hear it stories. We've had a great time hearing from all of our listeners about... Uh, uh, how they practice yes. uh, this music. So please let us know. Let us know, you know, uh, things that you 
that have been helpful, and let us know things that have not been helpful. Because we're not gonna we're not gonna release the things that aren't helpful. Don't worry, no one will ever hear them. So Those seven um, also, times Peter and Adam went butterfly mode. <laughs> Woo! Like a flame to like a moth. Like a floating moth. butterfly. <laughs> stinking jab, stinking jab. <laughs> um, also, how about leave us a rating or review? We haven't. We haven't. Oh, you we grab haven't. your glass. I thought you were going to be like, leave us a, a bottle of old granddad. <laughs> yeah, we do need a bottle of old granddad. It's, <laughs> it's gone. Um, but yeah, leave us a rating or review wherever you're listening to this podcast because um, our ego needs it. No, it helps <laughs> spread the word. No, you know what? We're rolling. We're over a million downloads. We're like 1.2 million downloads of this bad boy. Don't be greedy, Pete. Come on, man. We, I want a million more. Give me a million more. It only mm-hmm. took us two years to get there. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. Till tomorrow. You'll hear it. <laughs>